the next episode of Put Your Thinking Cap On. Uh, my name is Taryn, and I'm here with my vice president, Shakur, and we also are very lucky to have Greg Douglas here with us, and our resident Olympian, or one of our resident Olympians. I'm going to have him introduce himself just so I don't get anything wrong. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Taryn. Thank you, Shakar, for having me. Uh, Yeah, so my name is uh, Greg Douglas. I'm a two-time Olympian. I competed in the Beijing and London Olympics in the sport of sailing. So a little bit of a a different sport, you know, as a Canadian athlete, but uh, both were tremendous experiences. And now I'm at Queen's doing my MBA as one of the COC Olympic athletes. Um, you know, my athlete journey, athletic journey was a tremendous experience. I was on the Canadian sailing team for almost six years and I was the vice captain of the team for many of those years. So trying to transfer that now into my MBA. Nice. Thank you for that self-introduction there. Um, you mentioned the COC. If you want to just give a quick background into the partnership that Smith has with, with the Canadian Olympic Committee. Yeah. So it's in the second year now where... Uh, the COC and the Smith School of Business have partnered to give opportunities to athletes who are retiring from sport, uh, opportunity for grad school. So many people actually don't know, but as an athlete, your undergraduate school is, is provided by the government uh, through their athlete assistance program, So, which was great when I was an undergrad, but they didn't really have anything for any graduate level studies, anything like that. So they provided this now. Um, they have the MBA program, the Master's in Management Analytics, across the whole range of master's programs for ex-athletes. You don't actually have to be an Olympian to get into the program. You have to be a carded athlete um, to come in and do your uh, master's level degree and then tackle the workforce after that. We actually just interviewed your counterpart in the the partnership, Christine, and she gave us a great background. So we won't focus too much on that or won't make you answer too many more questions. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll switch it over to more innovation and entrepreneurship. So, so, well, you mentioned... uh, you were working after before you came yeah. into the program, right? So you you were an athlete, and then you took some time and you worked out in like in the industry, and then you came. So tell us yeah. tell us a bit about, about that. Yeah, so I had a, a number of different jobs, um, but a lot of it actually was centered around in my undergrad. I actually had a really good professor. She was you know industry leader in terms of sport and innovation. So uh, she formed a, a sport innovation incubator in Toronto. Uh, and I had the privilege of working for her. So we had 10 startups in, and we did a, a variety of different um, events with them and, and helped them progress along. So I worked in that space for a little bit, which was a lot of fun. Um, I actually worked for a sailing startup for a little bit as well, uh, which was cool. And, you know, ha- enjoyed all the benefits and struggles of entrepreneurship and everything with that. Um, and then... Most recently, though, I, I shifted gears and went for to work for a big Fortune 500 company, uh, an American-based company, CDW, which was in the IT space. So always involved in technology and innovation in, in some sort of capacity after being done sport. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I think we'll have to put this part later because I want, after he talks yeah. about it, I want to get into the sailing part. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you sail all around the world, so yeah. we've heard some stories. So why don't you tell our listeners about like some of the experiences that you've had uh, through the sport? Yeah, so I began sailing when I was age nine, but I didn't really get serious until I was about 18 after high school. Um and I started training and traveling the world, you know, and I'll be honest, I got to travel the world as a young 20-year-old, competing and things like that, which was amazing, which was a lot of fun. I got to meet 
people from all over the world. I lived in, in different countries for bits of time, spent my winters in Florida and California. Um, so it was, you know, tremendous experience, but, you know, also it was tough as well. It was, you know, being away that often, being on an airplane every three weeks is tough. And then um, the one, you know, super tough thing actually about being an, an athlete, it's your entire life gets revolved around one event a year. So World Championships every year was my event, and that's where I got all my funding from and basically set up the next year. So in one week, can make or break your year. So And then every four years, it's the Olympics. So uh, it's a little bit of a, a different lifestyle, fun, but also stressful. Yeah. So, well, one of the things that is really important for the Smith program is mm. leadership um, quality. And yeah. we see it all around uh, our class, people in our class, people yeah. that come in to speak with us. So tell us how that uh, you like, how have you developed that skill over the years through the sport and what sort of examples do you have that you've experienced in your mm -hmm. life? Yeah, so yeah, leadership in, in sport is, is obviously a, a big thing. And, you know, as I said earlier, I was the vice captain of the Canadian team. So, you know, how to put a bit of leadership roles, helping some of the young athletes um, progress and things like that. And to be honest, you know, I don't know how much I should be saying on this, but I'm actually one of the things I'm wrestling with my team coach is how do I transfer the leadership in sport to leadership in a program like this? Because, you know, coming from sports, sports can be, you know, pretty aggressive at times, can be pretty rowdy, pretty, you know, kind of, you know, you got to have that presence where it may not always transfer into a, an academic setting, but there are many skills that do transfer. So, um, you know, one of the things I've been, I've been working on with my, my team coach is, uh, you know, how to tone it down sometimes, you know, not to be as amped up and in the leadership setting. So it's been a tremendous learning experience for me, but there is definitely a huge amount of, of crossover between the two, yeah. uh, sport, leadership, and then also in this academic setting that we're in. Yeah. What type of sailing did you actually do? You were in Razor? So I sailed the boat. was called the, the Fin. So it's called the Fin. So it's the heavyweight male division. So it's one person in the boat, one sail. Um, the, believe it or not, so I'm six foot three, 215 pounds, and I was actually one of the smaller people in the guy I sailed against. You know, guys are six seven, two thirty. 230, so... Um, some big guys, um, and the way sailing worked, it's you have two races a day. Each race is about um, one hour long, and the first person gets one point, second person gets two points, etc. And it's a low score, uh, similar to golf. So at the end of the week, we'd have a five to six days of competition, depending on the competition. Add up all your scores. Whoever had the lowest score was the winner of the overall competition. So. The thing that made sailing difficult was, as you can imagine, every day is different. The winds are always different. The temperatures are always different. The conditions of the waves are always different. So we were constantly adjusting our strategy, our boats, everything, our techniques each day. So a lot of it came about, about um, how you can take in the data from what was out on the race course, synthesize that, and then execute a strategy based on that. So what really kind of put the Canadian team apart from other teams? How do you guys? How did you guys do it better? Um, so we had 
So a couple different things. Um, part of it was our, our innovation in our gear. We did try some uh, new things in terms of our equipment, uh, which was pretty ahead of our time. For example, we were 3D printing boat parts in 2011. So 3D printing is only coming up, you know, and everyone's seen it now. But, you know, back in 2011, we were going to, like, there was, like, I think one or two 3D printing shops in Toronto at this time trying to 3D print boats, uh, boat parts. So that was one of our things. Um, another thing was our, our fitness. I know we, we strived as a, as a country to be very fit. We worked a lot with the Canadian Sports Centre um, and the trainers there. So, you know, every morning I'd wake up, I had to take my heart rate, my weight, you know, things like that. They were always monitoring what was going on with us. And then we were constantly adjusting our trainings, uh, weight training, our cardio training to try and make us the fittest possible. So those were the two things that the Canadian team excelled at. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. so technology is really impacting like the sport heavily, right? You mentioned three D printing. You mentioned mm -hmm. like other heart rate stuff. Even Christine um, on her show, she mm -hmm. mentioned there's a lot of new new technology that is being used to train athletes. So mm -hmm. tell us tell us a bit more about that in your sport. Yeah. So in sailing, it was huge. So to give you some context, the boat I sailed, the fin, was designed in 1950s. So it's a very old design. But the reason it's lasted so long is it's a development cost. So you have some leeway in terms of the materials that you build the boat out of, how you set it up to develop the boat. And the boat has developed and, and grown throughout the years. So now we have, you know, carbon fiber within the boats. We have some very high tech materials in terms of sales and things like that and people are always trying to innovate to get an edge in terms of their equipment mm -hmm. so yeah the 3d printing was one of the things that we did as a as a country in 2011 going into the 2012 games uh, but other countries are doing you know huge analysis they're taking these boats into x-ray machines and things like that really trying to study there's recently I was talking to one of my friends on the team, there's a breakthrough in the materials that they're using, the, the types of fiberglass. So people are always innovating and trying to get that edge and it's sport, you know. So everyone is so close that that little incremental gain you can get could be huge. So people end up taking risks and you'll see boats break as a you know function of people trying to innovate too much. That uh, is awesome. Did that ever happen to you? Did you ever break a boat? Well, I've broken many stuff. <laughs> I've broken many things. So those, the boat part that we 3D printed, actually at the Olympics, one of mine broke. So that was a cause for stress. And luckily we had a spare, but, you know, I had to plug it in. Uh, my mast, which is, a, a you know, the carbon fiber part that holds up the sail, I've broken a few of those. So we would basically push the limit in terms of the, the thickness that we could get down to um, and then, but sometimes you'd push too far and phew, it would break. And to give you an idea, you know, when every time those things broke, that was $10,000 ah. gone. <laughs> so it was quite a price you would have to pay. But, you know, if you got it right, the, the gains you gain, you know, it was, it was huge. It was huge. So yeah, it was that trade off of, of how much I can push versus, you know, the results I can potentially get out of it. Do you miss that? Do you miss racing? Do you <laughs> it was fun. It was definitely fun. It's definitely, you know, as I said, like sometimes you break things and be like $10,000. And I think by the end of it, you know, just thinking about how my life was 
you know, I'd be, I'd be going through parts. I'd be spending, you know, $50,000 and just like breaking stuff every year. And now I'm don't have budgets and things like that. It's like <laughs> something breaks. I'm like, Oh my God, this is hard. Um, no, but yeah, there's definitely pros and cons. There's of, of still competing. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I had a tremendous experience, but I'm, I'm glad I'm done now. As it was a stressful time. It was a fun time, but it was time for me to be done. You know, it was, it was a long road for sure. Yeah. Well, it was time for you to also apply to Smith and now exactly. you're here. So exactly. what made you decide that? And like what what sort of um, stuff that you bring to the class? And so you, do you see similarities between the two experiences? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, yeah, the, the team aspects are, are huge. That's one of the big things that, that drew me in. Um, always trying to, you know, progress the team, uh, which was a big thing. Um, but going like really deep into like the reason I came is during my undergrad, I was always traveling. I was always on the road. So for example, in the winters, I do a week in school and a week in Florida. So my schooling, I wasn't involved in school at all. I was just showing up to, to get the grades and that was it. And I didn't really have a great university experience, to be honest. So I wanted to come back to school to use the opportunity to, to fully immerse myself in, to, to, to meet more of my classmates, to do more case competitions, to get that, you know, university academic experience. So when I saw the partnership come up, I was like, yes, that is the, the plan. Because I was looking to come back to school, but this kind of the timing lined up and I was like, perfect. So that's the, the main motivation is to, to come back uh, yeah. for me. Awesome. And I, you mentioned getting more involved with, with your classmates. Mm. I know that you are on the board of, or on the executive team of the Startup Summit. Yes. What, what's your role in, in that capacity? Yeah, so I'm the director of workshops. Um, so uh, my role is going to be uh, working with the rest of the executive team to figure out what workshops we can implement during the Scale Up Summit uh, so that students and also the, the wider community gets the best uh, benefit out of it. So, you know, we have lots of great speakers, great talks, but, you know, let's, let's get some hands on something and, and really, you know, put some action in. So some of the things we're thinking about early days, you know, maybe you do such as a, a Google Analytics workshop where you, you bring in people. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can bring in more than just students, that we open it up to the whole community, get business owners from Kingston coming in, things like that, and say, okay, this is how Google Analytics works. We, you walk you through it. Students that are having their, their own websites, their own startups, learning how to do SEO and things like that will be a great tool, you know, because I definitely want to get an aspect of taking knowledge from the university and, and, and spreading it out into the community. So hopefully we can get as many, you know, non-students and things like that. And some of those yep. basics are just so easy to, to do, but you don't think to do them. Like doing exactly. a website, Google Analytics, someone out there is an expert and it's really easy to learn to do exactly. for yourself. So that's, I really, I really like that. That's good. Cool. All right. I've got a few quick, um, just spitfire questions Kay. to wrap this up. Uh, your favorite sailing term slash lingo or funniest, whatever one you think is the funniest. How appropriate does this have to be? It doesn't. Well, I'll cut it out though. if it's not. <laughs> So we, we have a couple sailing terms um, that I find hilarious, and this might be offside. So we, one of them is the, the C word, you know, I get it, S-E-A word, but, you know, the C word. Um, a point of sail on a boat is called a reach. 
So sometimes you're you're reaching around, so you're doing the reach around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping that one of those could be a secret word. <laughs> so those are some of our, our jokes, um, sailing terms that we have. Um, what are some of the other favorite sailing terms I have? I don't know. Those are pretty good ones. I think yeah, sometimes, those, yeah. Those are good. Sometimes, I, I just like this word. Sometimes just, you're just going for a yacht, you know, going out yachting. <laughs> makes you feel classy, you yeah, know. You should be wearing a hat. Exactly. Like, Even though you're getting in a, a little tiny dinky boat, you know, you're going for a yacht. You know, you're going yachting. <laughs> <laughs> just, just yachting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. one more. Where was your favorite uh, obscure place that you went sailing? Um... Obscure place. Well, it doesn't have to be, but yeah, I don't know if it's obscure, but I my my favorite place to go sailing um, is actually in Clearwater, Florida, and the reason is not because of the sailing conditions, but it's because of the sailing club. So they have this community Clearwater Sailing Club, and we used to train there in the winter times. And you know, yacht clubs yacht clubs have a, a reputation of being you know turn up your nose, blah, 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 blah. It was a community center. We used to go there on a Saturday. We would go out training, and we'd come in, and they would be having a barbecue. They'd be having fun races. We would join in the fun races. Um, they, you know, we, they, they'd invite us in, and, and you know, we wouldn't have to pay anything. And they'd invite us to the barbecue, and we'd just sit down on park benches and enjoy Saturday afternoons, you know, interacting with their, their local members on the water and off the water, so... Just that camaraderie was my favorite sailing place in the world. And I, and I love it. There was this guy, uh, Brian, that used to run it. Oh, my God. This guy was a beauty. Just was straight beauty, super inclusive sailing. And it's just, it was just so relaxed and fun and chill. And that was my, that's my favorite sailing place, yeah. So Clearwater should be paying you. At yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if we can get a sponsor from Clearwater. Clearwater. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, yeah, no. The, I mean, the, I think this is the right opportunity for another plug because, yeah. <laughs> like, the Smith program, like, yeah. that's why you're here. It's like the whole the community aspect yeah. of the program, and I think you, we see you at every outing, and it's <laughs> awesome. So I think, yeah, we're just gonna you, you're loving this and yeah. uh, this this whole program, what it's providing you with, and all of us. I think yeah. it's amazing. So yeah, yeah, really good to hear that. Well, the community aspect, you know. When you are on a team, you become very close with your teammates. And why is that? It's because you're in the struggle together, you know? It's, you, you go through some stuff together, you, you, you push your limits together. It's the same thing in this, you know? We sit down in these team rooms every day together. We, 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 we argue with each other, we laugh with each other, and you become so close, and that community just forms. So it's, it's amazing how this sort of environment you know, brings that. And then, you know, looking at the alumni, when we go to alumni events, how they, you can tell they talk like if they spoke yesterday, even though they haven't seen each other in maybe a year. And that's really how I evaluate uh, a community and how close I am with my friends is if I can talk to you like I spoke to you yesterday and we haven't spoken in, you know, months or a year, then that's amazing. All right. So, awesome. Alrighty, so the secret word for this week's episode is beauty, because you're all beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so.
So I want to thank you, Greg, coming in here. All of your 6'3", 215-pound <laughs> self <laughs> to all you ladies out there. <laughs> There's that plug. Um, yeah, so pretty much thank you for coming in, telling us a little bit about your experience in communities, um, telling us about how important teamwork is um, to you and how you have experienced innovation in your life. Um, other than that, we have picked a random name generator. Uh, the next person who is lined up is Nick. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.